You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Very serious. This is the mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you live from stand-up New York Labs in New York City. Hi, I'm sitting across from Joseph Noe. My name is Chris Flannery. Welcome to the program. Hi, Joey. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Hi, guys. Oh, wow. you very chipper. That's a cheerful greeting to the, to the Samsonites. I am very chipper. Samsonite. Uh, welcome to the program, everyone. We have a good one lined up today, I feel like. We're going to close the show with our fall TV preview. Are you excited about that? Yes, I am. Uh, me too. I was annoyed that we didn't get to it uh, last week, but it is what it is. Sometimes, you know, we just have too much to talk about. We couldn't yeah. get to it. Uh, we're going to start the program with uh-huh. some updates, some quick hits. Uh, and in the middle, we're going to talk about the release of Shocker Amr from Guantanamo Bay and some comments Carly Fiorina made about Gitmo and torture that I didn't care for. Okay. Uh, some of the quick hit stuff we're going to get into is Edward Snowden. Oh, yay. Mars, Shell, mm-hmm. Centcom, The Pope, and Kim Davis. Those are some of the quick hit and update things that we're going to get to. That's a full plate. Full plate. Uh, and then we're going to end with this guy jeremy Mc, jeremy mcdole his story okay he uh he was shot dead in his wheelchair by police in delaware that seems a lot odd it does seem a little odd i have the video we're gonna watch it um you know we'll we'll, we'll kind of examine that situation and see okay. what goes on there i also had another story um jesus i can't even think of the guy's name right now but I had to cut it from the show. We might get into it next week, but it was a guy, another police custody death, like a sad one huh. guy in jail. But I, I cut it from the show just because we really have too much going on. But, yeah. you know, uh, whatever. Maybe we'll bring it up next week. In any event, before we get to our first story, uh, guys, subscribe. Go to soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson. Follow the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. You can leave comments in the comment section on SoundCloud. I answer all of them. Joey gets on there when he's yes, I addressed. Do. He answer, uh, you know, he answers stuff. Uh, and you can also go to youtube.com slash mandatory Samson. Um, it'd be cool if you guys want to check it out. We put up the full episodes. Oh, nice. Uh, video. And they, I put them up by like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, on fr- on Thursday night. Okay. So, you know, they're there the next day, basically. Uh, and you can watch the live stream. That's the other thing. We're streaming live right now on nice. YouTube. You go to youtube.com slash mandatory Samson. You can subscribe. And then there's a quick uh, little link to the uh, the live stream. You can watch us record every Thursday at 4 o'clock or all the other shows that we uh, record here at Stand Up New York Labs. Uh, they stream through that portal. That's called a portal? But That's what I'm going to choose to call it. Nice. Uh you want to hear about some Edward Snowden news? Yes, I do. Edward Snowden joined Twitter this week. Yes, he did. And I uh, I have to say, I retweeted him, and I feel really bad You right retweeted now. him? What did yes, you retweet? Uh, can you hear me now? Oh, sure, yeah. And I think I probably favorited that at least. I know, yeah. and I feel really bad because I'm pretty sure I was one of the first people, but I don't know. I wish I did a screenshot. And all the times that everybody always does screenshots. You think that you were the one of the first people to retweet Edward Snowden? Yes. Uh, f- first thousand, first two thousand. Oh, well, that's not even that's No, not even close. It, what? He has like millions of followers. But now, now he does. Yeah. Well, you know what? When I when I started following him, it was 500,000. 
then like later that day it was a million point eight or something. He, yeah, you know, he blew up quick. It's amazing and it's pretty cool and it also shows you the impact the guy had. Like yes. he's not a celeb. I mean, he is kind of a celebrity just because he's you know people know about him. But he's not Kim Kardashian. He's not no. Hillary Duff. I don't know why that was the the the, the range to go to go with. But <laughs> but you know what I mean. But it's cool yes. that people are paying attention. They're following him. He is only following one account. Who is it? He's following the NSA. Oh, nice. <laughs> Which I, I love. I really love this guy. I'm glad that he is choosing to be out now in like a public voice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's a great platform for him, and I think it's really, really good. So, meanwhile, Neil deGrasse Tyson, yeah. the famed astrophysicist, had uh, Snowden on his Star Talk radio podcast. Oh, that's cool. And they had a really good discussion. And Neil Tyson was one of the first people to tweet at Snowden. That's his account at Snowden. And uh, he said, like, you know, I view you as a patriot after hearing your story and all this stuff. You're not a traitor. Like, huh. wow, that's a pretty big deal. Like, one of the smartest guys, very well-known uh, scientists is really, yes. really backing Snowden, which is great. I have a just a great clip from HLN. What is uh, that? It's a channel. Okay. It's like Nancy Grace's channel. They were interviewing some guy about the Snowden, Okay. Uh, twi- you know, getting on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, I don't. I don't even want to say too much about it, but it makes me really happy. <laughs> so I just wanted to play it. It makes me really happy. Also, we can critique the way that the the questions that this woman is asking the guy that softball she, questions. Forget soft, but they're just well, yeah. I mean, they're just like stupid. This is the narrative, so I'll ask a question. <laughs> well, what do you think about like she like she cares or came yeah. up with the questions? It's just what everybody you know. It's well, whatever. You'll see what I'm saying when we get into it, but. Uh, we're skipping a little bit ahead. They they showed the John Oliver clip that we showed on our show with Snowden. Yes, okay. And all that stuff. All right, so this picks up right after that, and uh, it's really funny. Hold on, I just have to cue it up, though. Getting there. Wait for it. Wait for it. There is classified information out there uh, that John Oliver was referring to that was released that could have feasibly harmed people. Do you think Snowden's actions were worth that risk? Well, you know, to say that he couldn't harm somebody, uh, you know, with what he did, um, like he could, absolutely he could have. Um, but I think to cast him out to uh, to make him invalid in society uh, simply because he has scissors for hands, I mean, that's, that's so strange because, I mean, people didn't get scared until he started uh, sculpting shrubs into dinosaur shapes and whatnot. All right, well, now Snowden's living... In- Okay, so he's talking about Edward Scissorhands, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's talking about Johnny she Depp. She totally ignores it. Meanwhile, then his name comes up and says John Hendred on Twitter at fart. Why would they think that this was real? Somebody had to get his like this guy yes. John Hendred does this. This is what he does. Like he tries to get on shows and he like tries to troll people. Like this is what he does. All oh, the time. he's at fart. Somebody had to be like, "What's your Twitter?" And he's like, "It's at fart." And they're like, "Oh, okay." He does this for another minute, and this woman doesn't. Uh, she doesn't bother to correct anything. So you would call him an original prankster, then, right? I, w- I wouldn't. But you wouldn't. You just okay. did. So all right, let's continue with this. This is great. In Russia, at Chris Zapp tweeted this: "Dear Edward Snowden, what do you make of the massive Russian misinformation campaign going on?" Listen. Some people say it's hypocritical that Snowden has asylum in Russia. Russia has a, a lot of human rights violations. Okay, first of all, see, like this is like the. Uh, this amateur hour shit where she's going so, look some people are saying what do you think though you're hosting the show mm-hmm. do you think it's hypocritical that he's in russia oh he had no option other than to be in russia it was go to jail or be in russia well, you gotta go to russia so it's not fucking hypocritical dummy that's a stupid question all right now he answers her the way she should be answered with a nonsense answer and then she just <laughs> completely 
uh, doesn't acknowledge uh, or she's not listening. That's the other thing. Well, yeah, casting him out is just completely wrong. Um, we're, we're treating him like an animal, like a, uh, somebody who should be quarantined and put away. Uh, just because he was created on top of a mountain by Vincent Price and uh, incomplete with scissors for hands and no heart. Uh, Edward Scissorhands is a complete <laughs> She told it. She at no point did she go, sir, you're talking about Edward Scissorhands. We're talking about Edward Snowden. She never does that. Not once. No. Oh. What about the choice that he made to live in a country like Russia? He didn't choose to live in Russia, stupid. See, that that's the thing. Like, I know it's this is just a joke interview. Obviously, she's mm-hmm. terrible because this guy's trolling the, at fart is trolling the shit out of her. But he didn't choose to live in Russia. It's just like she's just asking questions. That, that's not even the, what the facts are. He wanted to live in Ecuador. He chose to live in Ecuador. Yeah. But he got stuck in fucking Russia. He doesn't want to be in it's, Russia necessarily. Sometimes you can't get out. No. Do you, do you agree with his choice? And now he's going to say something about it. Scissor hands that she doesn't notice. I mean, where else is he going to go? You know, uh, we cast him out. Like we uh, we got scared when he poked a hole in a waterbed with his scissor finger. Like that was uh, just unreasonable of us. All right. What is funnier, the fact that she doesn't realize he's talking about a fictional character, or the fact that she doesn't know the fictional character? Here's. I think she knows what he's. I, I've watched this a couple of times because I'm trying to figure out how she decided to handle it. I think she was just, she either knows exactly what he's doing and she was like, fuck it, I'll just keep asking the questions and pretend that he's not doing that. Okay. Which kind of actually works out because it makes the clip funny and <laughs> whatever. But, or yeah, she's just not listening. She has no idea what's going on and she thinks that this guy's just. That's not a good, that's not a good host if that's the case. Of course. I mean, if I was interviewing this guy. And I have these questions to ask, and then he starts talking about Edward Scissorhands. I'd be like, "What are you? What are you doing?" What the, the, I was like, "You know, you're talking about Edward Scissorhands, right? We're talking about Snowden. Yes. Like, it'd be funny. Just go with it at that point." Where he said Vincent Price, it's like I know. I'd be like, like "You're okay. you're referencing the, uh, the the early '90s movie Edward Scissorhands. I don't know what you're doing." Well, John, I appreciate you giving us your opinion. Thank you. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. All right, I just like that clip uh, a lot. Pretty good, right? Yes. Uh, all right. Listen, here's the other thing. Yeah. Uh, Samsonites, I wanted to say this. Joey prepared information about Donald Trump's tax plan, which came out. Yes. This was something that you were excited about during the debate. I believe you were like, oh, Trump announced that he's going to. Yes, I, I, I thought that Donald Trump was going to give what he caused for a boon for the middle and low income classes. Sure. Well, which obviously, you know, as the front runner. He would have a good plan. Yes, And you know that he would probably be uh, doing a good job with it. What do you think? Should I get to a couple more quick hits and then we'll find a place to fit it in? This is what I'm saying. We, we didn't like put it in the rundown, but obviously I want you to get to it. Why don't we just get it done with? Yeah, all right. Just I get feel, it done. I feel like that might be the right move. Go ahead. Okay. So virtually, from what I understand with my simple math, uh-huh. it just seems that uh, the simple more- Simple mind, simple math. Yes. The more money you make, the better you are. Well, that's definitely that's that's objectively true. I oh, think okay. the richer you are, the better you are as a person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I frankly don't even think. Okay, I don't know. I was okay, say, no, no, that's we should right. just execute the poor. You know, ah, that's horrible. They're a drain on society. So millionaires and billionaires are the best. So, <laughs> so virtually, uh, it's supposed to help the lower income. Uh, you know. Income, right? Trump's tax plan, tax plan is supposed to help the lower income bracket. Which, if you want to consider lower income bracket, would be fifteen thousand six hundred dollars. Well, that's fifteen thousand salary a year. The the, uh, up to what you would make a year, yeah, yeah. Well, that's obviously that's barely any money, so that you wouldn't even get taxed in that case, right? Correct. It turns out that which is appropriate. I mean, 
It, tot- it turns out that roughly 45% of American households do not pay any federal income tax. Right, as they probably shouldn't because it's impossible to live on a, on a small amount of money. So with this tax plan, right. what ends up happening is the top 1% right. gets back 10% of their income. Okay. And 10% of their income is $180,000 virtually. Is that, um, is that right, the top 1% or is that the top 10%? No, it's the top one percent. Really, that's interesting. We well, get back ten percent of their income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're saying on average that's one hundred eighty-four thousand. Yeah, it's got to be. You know, people are saving a lot more money than that. Well, the other aspect is people that are in the top one percent. It's not they don't make a lot of their money through actual income. They make it through dividends off stock and and different money that they have in different reserves and things like this. They they actually have a ton of investments and shit like this. They're not actually making pure income you know what i mean the yeah. same way where it's like you have you get a salary so that's where you're making your money from you don't have uh you know a ton of investments that you're making money off. so two things that i don't get from all of this okay well but wait so 10 percent that is by far that's the far the most amount of tax cut you're getting in the trump plan correct yes all right so the boon to the middle class is actually just a huge tax cut for very wealthy people yes he gave himself a tax cut he, yes which he said he wasn't going to do which which is cute and then on top of that this you compared it to the Bush tax cuts, right? Like yes. Jeb Bush's plan. Good. So it's it's virtually you know the same idea, right? It was so much the same idea that uh, Jeb tweeted at Donald Trump. Oh, really? I'm flattered, but he should have stuck with growth and financial responsibility. Ooh, Jeb getting getting feisty. The top tax bracket though does not get the same amount of tax cut that it would in tr- like Jeb's is actually more Yeah, Je- Jeb's is more responsible. Right, okay. So with Jeb's I like that you did the air quotes, you're right. <laughs> Good job. So with Jeb's, you would only get back eighty two thousand. Right. So right. So I mean that's uh what what percent well whatever, I can't do I, math like yeah. that in my head. But whatever, right. So it's not ten percent, it's less than ten percent. All right. I mean, that's fine. So, so virtually it's just rhetoric. It's all rhetoric. You know, I don't find that surprising. And I don't think anybody should be surprised that Donald Trump's what he's saying is not actually what he's going to be doing because he doesn't have a tax plan. He just has people that are like making a tax plan for him. And he just goes, that's the great plan I came Mm -hmm. up with. Uh, Also, don't kid yourselves. That's pretty much what all the Republican tax plans are going to be. They're going to give bigger tax breaks to the very wealthy people. And then people in the middle are just going to keep getting the same kind of tax break that they've been getting for the last, you know, 40 years. That's another thing that comes up in this conversation about the tax cuts. Nobody's raising taxes on the middle class, really. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to get your whatever, $2,000 to Mm $4,000 back, right? That's what it is, basically. And and that's the case. Like... it doesn't change really between administrations. It probably the Democrats you're going to get a little bit more money back for if you're middle class, mm-hmm. but it's going to be basically the same. It really is just affecting people that are making you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to millions of dollars. From the one thing I did because I I wanted to take a look. I took a, a look at Reagan's tax cuts. Oh, the uh, go ahead. You can say it in a second, but Reagan's tax cuts are much more progressive. Yes, because at that point. Uh, certain tax brackets were getting taxed 70%. Right. So now, virtually taxes 40% with Trump's plan, it comes out to be like 25%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, right. I mean, but then, you know, people on the right do not want to acknowledge that Ronald Reagan, uh, you know, for all his faults, had a lot more, uh, as you would say, liberal policies than would be, certainly would be allowed today of, of anybody on the right. Um. You know, but but we're gonna pretend that Saint Reagan 
yeah you know was this ultra conservative guy he had he really well whatever we're not gonna get into the whole reagan thing but right but i mean of course i believe that people were getting taxed more under reagan at the time sure no no uh, his administration was the one that lowered the taxes is what i'm saying Oh, oh, yeah, I know, but it's because still... Because that it was so high. Right, but it's still... Yeah, of course, but lowering it from 70% is probably okay. But he didn't... He didn't. Uh, he was taxing wealthier people at a higher rate than Trump would be today. Yes. Right. That's what I was trying to say. But yeah, of course. I mean, of course, he's not going to leave it at 70%. That'd be, you know... That, that's probably not even tenable at this point. You don't really have to do that. Whatever. Okay. So, you got anything else on the Trump tax plan or no? No. All right, so you think Trump is full of shit. You think it's mostly rhetoric. Yes. All right, fair enough, Joey. NASA finds flowing water on Mars. Are you excited about this information? I am not. All right, hold on a minute. We're just going to play the uh, the clip of the announcement real quick. What? I, I get into it. And lost its surface water. Today. Uh, Mars suffered a massive climate change and lost its surface water. No, that's not good. We'll get there. A, we're revolutionizing our understanding of this planet. <laughs> our rovers are finding that there's a lot more humidity in the air than we ever imagined. As we ingest the soils, they're moist. They're hydrated, full of water. These discoveries are very important but they were only part of the hydrological cycle on Mars that we're just now beginning to understand. What we're going to announce today is that Mars is not the dry, arid planet that we thought of in the past. Today we're going to announce that under certain circumstances, liquid water has been found on Mars. Ooh. Okay, now. Joey, now why don't you care about that information? That's I'm more concerned about this planet and things oh, we can... Oh, stop it. Okay. You know what? What are All you right. running for, like, local office in Oklahoma? Not yes. Enough. Okay, here's my question for you. Are you more excited that water is found there so we can go there and live there, or are you excited that there's life there, the water's there, so there could be carbon-based life on my Mars? Um... I don't know. Maybe neither. I just think it's interesting that the way that I look at it, obviously this this changes the game in terms of us being able to go there, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and, and try to like build a society there potentially, which you know we're gonna fucking try to do yes. at some point. Buzz Aldrin or whatever uh, wants to do it in the next twenty five years. It's crazy asshole. It's not gonna happen, but uh, but th- that changes the game there. What's interesting to me is that I think the fact that there's flowing water on Mars probably indicates that there was at one point something going on on Mars. Mm-hmm. Like they like they said, there was a big climate. Does that there was something going on at Mars at one point? What happened to Mars to to keep to stop that from happening? Uh, that's more interesting to me because that's probably applicable to shit that we're going to do here. Like, did they get hit by a meteor? Did Was there an advanced yeah, society there that, it? and they got super advanced and then they had, cl- you know, like what happened? That, that's, that's why it's fascinating to me. And it's just interesting because it's crazy that, you know, I mean, that's a huge step to be able to be on a planet, a different planet completely that, you know, we, we came up from like fucking little amoebas in the dirt to now we actually have a thing on Mars and, and we're able to determine, you know, uh, shit about their atmosphere. It's fascinating to me. I don't know. It's just interesting. That doesn't uh, doesn't do anything for you? No, it does. Do you know that the uh, the next rover is going to blast off in 2020 to go to Mars? To do what? To do research. And they're <laughs> going to put an instrument with it. Right. 
It's called the Mars Oxygen ISRU experiment. Yeah. It's a piece of technology demonstration that will turn atmospheric carbon dioxide into pure oxygen and carbon monoxide. Oh, shit. So they're going to try to... So what you're saying is in small quantities, they're going to try to turn Martian atmosphere into breathable Earth atmosphere? More like trying to have water. Yes. From what I understand, yes. Whoa. That's what I'm saying. That doesn't excite you a little bit? Like, if they sent a thing up there in 2020, and by 2024, they were like, so here's the deal. We have oxygen. (laughs) Yeah, we turned part of Mars into part of Earth. Uh, How's that feel? That'd be crazy. Yeah, People would go there. I I still think you would have to dome it, though, or something. Well, you'd do it just because it would look cool, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, it's exciting. It it opens the possibility for a lot of different types of uh, research. And the potential for, you know, humanity to spread out across the whatever, you know, the galaxy, the way that uh, Hawking thinks we're going to have to. He's like being on Earth forever is not going to work. We're going to have to branch out, you know? Nice. We'll see. All right. You don't seem that excited about it. I think it's interesting. I had to bring it up very I, I, I still think we're a ways away from putting us, putting somebody up there. Well, we, we're not doing anything, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on. If it was up to me, we, we'd, we wouldn't even have bridges or anything. <laughs> Car bridges. We wouldn't have shit. We wouldn't have pens. I don't know how to make a fucking pen. Uh, seltzer would be impossible for me. Polish seltzer. I'm drinking Georgia peach right now. I don't know how to make seltzer without a soda stream machine. Forget it. We'd just be drinking water and clicking rocks together for entertainment. I, I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> good. Shell. Shell. Mm-hmm was going to go up to uh, the Arctic. It was a thing that we've been talking about yes. to drill. Shell announced on Monday that it was abandoning further Arctic exploration, quote, for the foreseeable future because they hadn't found enough oil and gas to make drilling there worthwhile. Oh, I was going to say it was because we told them not to. That's what this is their front story. Okay. The high fact five. that we went after them uh, obviously contributed to their decision not to be there. They've spent $7 billion since 2008 buying up leases and trying to drill exploratory wells. Mm-hmm. They went up to the Chukchi Sea, which is what we were talking about, in the Arctic, and they went 6,800 feet into the, into the sea, and they didn't find enough oil. Uh, part of the decision that I was reading is that because oil is less than $50 a barrel, the value mm-hmm. of it, that they start the oil companies start to cut off like their biggest projects because they're just burning money. And if oil isn't at $100 a barrel, it's not really worth it for them to do that. But Oh, the, because they're spending more money than they would make yeah, from it's just making not, it. Yeah, it's just not worth it. They're just going to be huh. wasting so much cash to get that out. They're better off just not doing it. You know, They, they end up breaking even. Uh, geologists believe that there's 40 billion barrels up there. They went up there and they couldn't find it. So th- this is actually a pretty good thing i mean that they're not gonna be up there ruining the arctic now once the price of oil goes back up Mm -hmm. they're gonna be back out there probably yes the interesting thing to me is where is the oil like here's the other option say that is legit they went up there and they couldn't which to an extent it probably is they couldn't find the oil and gas that they were expecting to find where is it have we gone are they wrong have we gone past way past peak oil are we way ahead uh farther ahead than they originally anticipated because that would be a fucking massive issue it would probably be good for the environment but it's going to cause a tremendous energy problem in the world because we're not prepared to to abandon oil right now i'll be honest with you i think it's still there i just think that they have to go three thousand feet deeper they just have to go a little deeper probably yeah but that indicate right but that's the same way as like you know the glass is a little emptier than they thought it was that's the problem that's what i mean there's might be less oil there than they think so, so what do you do? Just let forty billion gallons sit there? No, but they might not be forty billion. That's my point. If they're oh. digging sixty eight hundred feet in 
and they're and like, nope, it. there's not a ton of oil here. It's too much of a pain in the ass to get. To your point, yeah, they might have to go deeper to get it, but to go deeper, like thousands of feet deeper, way more expensive. It's not worth it for them to do it. Maybe there's less uh, oil in the glass than we think there is, hmm. which could be interesting. So and it's like that could spur potentially people trying to get off oil and get off natural gas and all the shit and get onto wind and solar and things that actually are you know good for the planet to that point what they could do just come up with how much it would cost them to do it now and instead of doing that take that money and put it into the alternative fuel sources yeah i mean i i think a lot of the oil companies to me it seems like they would have bought up a lot of companies that make solar panels and wind and all this stuff they're just not pulling the trigger yet because they believe there's still a lot of oil out there to get why change something that's working for them money wise mm-hmm. not for the planet but why fuck with a good thing yeah this might be something that spurs them to get away from that which would be positive i think uh anyway so all right so there you go so shell's out of the arctic for the foreseeable future what do you think the uh the price of oil would have to be about for them to to get back at it buck 50 no i mean a hundred dollars is basically what it's been for the longest time now it happens to be at like you know 40 whatever 46 47 dollars if it got up to like $75, $80, I think they'd probably consider to go, you know, give it a shot. If it got back up to $100, they'd totally be in. Or it has nothing to do with that, and there really isn't oil there. So, you know, we'll, only time will tell, but it's good. They're, they're out of there for now. So this CENTCOM thing, I feel like my energy is just off a little bit today, Joey. I don't know what it is. I think the weather it got a little colder. I just can't, you know. I don't do have feel? any cough you, drops. What? No, I'm not getting sick. How dare oh. you? I feel fine. Oh, okay. You, do you like? You think my energy is okay today? Yeah, I think you're doing fine. Fine, but not great. Uh, you're gonna do great after this. All right. Well, your positivity uh, sucks. Uh, <laughs> so we've been talking about CENTCOM. Yes. Uh, more failures came out from this whole CENTCOM thing. This is uh, like a real. Good. The U.S. military, like the leadership, mm-hmm. is it's a disaster there. They're, they're not doing a good job. Officials admitted late last Friday, which is what we call a news dump, that U.S. trained... Wait, wait, ser- it's a news dump because no one's paying attention so exactly. they can get it out there. Exactly. Okay, That's good job, guys. Right. They put it out at like 5.30 on a Friday. N- nobody gives a shit what's going on at 5.30 on a Friday. They usually put out bad news. U.S. trained Syrian forces gave gave their supplies mm-hmm. to Al-Qaeda affiliate Al-Nasra Front in Syria. That's like one of the other groups that's fighting there, ISIS, mm-hmm. Al-Nasra... They just get the Syrian forces, the five guys, I guess, that we trained or whatever, yes. just gave their supplies away to the to people that were supposedly fighting. That seems like that's not a good idea. Well, forget not a good idea. It's just like a complete failure. It, it doesn't make sense. It seems like the only people in the military that actually do what they're supposed to be doing are the soldiers. Like mm-hmm. they say, go do this, that they go. They don't question the orders and they go and do it. It seems like the people in central command are not doing their job they're, they're fucking up left and right they didn't train anyone uh they're lying about what's in the reports they they have soldiers that they supposedly trained but didn't giving their equipment away to ice it's just like it just doesn't yes. make any sense i got a quote from colonel patrick Ryder, who's the centcom spokesman he says today the nsf unit contacted coalition representatives and informed us that on september 21st to the 22nd they gave six pickup trucks and a portion of their ammunition to suspected al-nasra front intermediary which equates to roughly 25 percent of their issued equipment if accurate the report of nsf members provided 
providing equipment to Al Nasra Front is very concerning and a violation of Syrian train and equip program guidelines. Yeah, no shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it? Does it violate the guidelines? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Given the supplies to the enemy, I think would violate. That. Yeah. Just it's probably like just a, a probably like the first one that you wouldn't want to do. So this is the case where we have to have a panel and an investigation. And it's just more money down the up. toilet. You 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 know what the problem is? We shouldn't fucking be there. That's the issue. You can't just train people that are not actually on your side. They're on their own side. They're mm-hmm. fighting their own battle in Syria. You, you're giving them weaponry that, in all likelihood, if not handed over to some kind of terrorist organization or, or a group that is is opposing your mission there, they're going to get killed by those people, and you're going to lose all the weaponry. A lot of the weapons we gave to in Iraq... Guess who has them? ISIS has them. Mm-hmm. This is the problem with getting involved. Saudi Arabia, I was reading, um, they're like, we have to do something about ISIS. It's time to really mm-hmm. get involved. Good. So get out there. Yeah, do something. You're an incredibly wealthy country. Get your fucking military out there and go kick their ass. What are we doing there? It's just we're pouring money down the drain. We're obviously not competent in, in these types of matters. So what what are we doing? What are we doing? It is a Middle Eastern responsibility. I forget who said it last week. Forget what we were watching, but it's like an Arab boots on the ground thing. That, mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. They need to get in there. We can support. We can sort support monetarily, maybe strategically, whatever. Maybe a few tr- troops on the ground, but but we should not be at the forefront here. ISIS is not attacking us. If anybody hasn't noticed, like we can pretend that the Syrian refugees that are coming over have ISIS cells in them, and they're going to what blow up uh, the Statue of Liberty. It's oh, not- wouldn't that be a kicker? Yeah. Well, look, th- that's not been proven to be the case no, at no, all nothing's happened they're not here and i don't think isis has an interest really in being here eventually they do but they they want to take over pieces of the middle east that's what they're trying to do it's not our problem really all right it's just not and now you got a real fucked up situation this is like off the beaten path of where i wanted to go here mm-hmm. but you have russia Putin's dropping bombs in Syria, supposedly attacking ISIS. He's really attacking the rebels that are trying to defeat Bashar al-Assad and get him out of power. Russia's trying to defend him and keep him in power. Maybe that's the lesser of two evils. Do you? It's terrible. No, you can't do that game. Uh, well, we played that game already in Iraq. We were like, Saddam has to be out of there because he's weapons of mass destruction. He doesn't. You take Saddam out, it becomes a power vacuum. Now Iran has more in. power. ISIS shows up. Like It becomes a fuck-up. So... Yeah, it's terrible what Saddam was doing to his own people, but it was better than probably what's going on now, where you have the potential for ISIS to fucking take over the country. Syria's a mess. It's Most of the infrastructure is destroyed. People are getting killed there. People are fleeing. That's why there's a whole crisis. But it's not the... Like, maybe, fine, if Russia wants to go in there and bomb, let them go in there and bomb. Don't arm the rebels. Tell the rebels to get out of there. The cause is lost. And, and just end it. It's just a clusterfuck, and then we, then what we're doing is training five soldiers and burning hundreds of millions of dollars and then just giving weapons to people indiscriminately. It's a disaster over there, and maybe it's unfortunate, but the, the real answer is let the strong man stay in power. That's maybe mm-hmm. what the answer is. Because Assad certainly doesn't want ISIS to take over Syria. He'll fight them tooth and nail. The problem is that they have a civil war going on at the same time. So you're talking about like a three-front war being like a proxy war between Russia, Iran, the United States. There's too much going on there. We shouldn't be involved, and it's silly to think that the outcome is going to be positive somehow. It's not. Well, it's totally destabilizing. The entire region is completely fucked. And then... 
Israel doesn't want to get involved, of course, because then it would seem like aggression. They're going to get attacked. Fine. So we waste all our money giving them military aid and all this shit, which all they're doing is attacking the Palestinians with, which is a disaster that we talked mm-hmm. about a couple of weeks ago. And then we have an actual relationship with Iran, more so than we've had in whatever, 40, 50 years, and half the country thinks that's terrible. Meanwhile, talk to Iran. Iran, Saudi Arabia, Russia. We might not love each other, but goddammit, we're in the same boat. We, we need to figure it out. It's, I have a simple solution. Do, do you? Yes. It's called a coalition. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That is what's going on, basically. But I'm saying my point is the United States should not be the head of that coalition. Maybe it is let Russia take the lead. It sucks to say that we're going to let this like fucking butcher animal Assad stay in power, but it's better than letting ISIS take control large swaths of the country. No, it's also better to arm the Kurds if you're really going to do anything. The Kurds are a very moderate group. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Middle East, they're pro democracy for the most part. They're very, uh, you know, moderate Muslim. It's not, it's not like a theocracy over there. They've created their own country in parts of Iraq, Kurdistan, basically, but it's not actually independent. They're in parts of Syria. Arm them and be like, go fight for your freedom. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Your battle, not our battle. We can provide help, but I don't think that we should be at the forefront of this thing. It's too much of a clusterfuck. There's too much going on. Simply put. That's the reality. Yeah. And we already see what happens when you take a dictator out of power. Power vacuum. Yeah, power vacuum. Exactly right. I, I was just having a sip of my polar seltzer. No, I, I got gotcha. you. I don't know why you didn't say anything. No, I, I, I think you covered that very well. Thank you. I didn't even intend to talk about that. But, I mean, it's just something that, uh, I mean, you know, obviously I want to talk about the CENTCOM stuff. It's just frustrating because... You get a lot of bullshit talk on the right where it's like, we need to get in there and stomp ISIS, which, again, I've said it a million times. If you want to send 100,000 U.S. troops in. That would be the end of it. And shit kick them. That would probably be the end of it. The problem is you're not just fighting ISIS. You're sort of fighting a proxy war against Putin, Mm -hmm. right? Because his objective is just to keep Assad in power, not attack ISIS, although that might be a nice side effect because he's he's probably just going to indiscriminately drop bombs and kill, you know. Anyway, I've said my piece. Yes. It's all it's enough. And it, it's a more complicated situation than like us versus ISIS. It's not like that. It's never like that, especially in the Middle East. There's too many little tribal factions it's going on history. there. It's not there's too much history. Exactly. Joe Rogan says that they're the townies of the world. They've just been there forever. That's where civilization civilization started in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And and it continues um you know, a lot of the same divisions continue. That That is what it is. Plus, it's religion. We, we always talk about that. That's a huge division there. Yes, and it is. And it's not going to be something that's just going to easily go away. However, like I mentioned, the Kurds, they're not ultra-Orthodox. So those are probably the people that you should be talking to. I don't think we've done enough there. And, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what the outcome is. I'm going to stay on top of this CENTCOM stuff because it's been a brutal failure for the last, whatever, apparently a couple of years. They haven't done Five shit. Five years, right? Uh, three years, maybe two, three years. It just seems, well, I mean, CENTCOM obviously is in, you know, control of the military for a long time, but yeah, it seems like they've been on a pretty bad run and we're not getting the proper information about them because they've been altering their reports, which is terrific. So Pope Francis was in town. We're just going to do a quick, I feel like I got to touch on it because it happened. Mm-hmm. He was here. He uh, did a whole whirlwind tour through New York City. Didn't affect traffic for me personally. Oh, that's good. But I do know people that suffered some serious uh, setbacks. <laughs> yeah, setbacks. Exactly. Um, I have a couple of quotes in the email from Pope Francis that I think is probably just the best way to, to do it. We'll read some of his quotes. 
God. In your opinion, what do you think was the most important result of the Pope coming to America? Well, I think it was that he made John Boehner cry and quit. <laughs> I, was, I, I, was, I, I was thinking the same Is thing. Is that what you were going to say? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, John Boehner, the Speaker of the House for the Republicans, um, quit. Quit the job this yeah, week. Yeah, done. And in large part, it seems like it had to do with the Pope being there. The Pope basically came out and like lambasted a number of Republican policies. Uh, and then we're going to get into something the Pope did that kind of annoyed me, but we can talk about it. Okay. Uh so yeah, John Boehner quit, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's because the Pope just like broke him. The Boehner was up there watching him talk, weeping like he always. He does. was crying down the street. Yeah, Boehner always cries down. That's the whole <laughs> thing. Like, son, son of a bartender, and he just he cries. He he's cries. he's a little he's a weird guy. Uh, anyway, yeah. So that's what I think. I have a video, just one clip of the Pope okay. talking. Uh, he talks in like this adorable little broken English. Mm-hmm. I'll play that clip and then imagine as I'm reading the quotes. Me talking in a broken English accent. Okay. okay. So this is the Pope talking about um, the death penalty. He was addressing the United States Congress. And uh, let's hear what uh, Il Papa has to say. The golden rule. Gold. <laughs> oh, it's so cute, Joey. I've listened to it a number of times. The golden rule. Listen to his words. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I can listen to this guy talk all day. So reminds us of our responsibility to protect. This is like you reading. Oh, that's what it sounds like. And defend human life at the early stage of its development. All right. So obviously there, that's obviously a cat. A lot of people, there's been a, a big argument this mm-hmm. week about was he more liberal? Is he more conservative? He's, catholic so yes. he's he's uh, really if you're gonna he's humanistic yes uh, yes yes exactly i mean p- part of his position obviously he's saying you got to defend human life that means no abortion that mm-hmm. he's uh, not for gay marriage he's not against gay people but he's not for gay. of course those are conservative points of view however a lot of the other stuff he's going to say is very in line with what jesus would have said mm-hmm. which is very fucking liberal jesus is the yes. most liberal person of all time he's a turn the other cheek guy give to the poor renounce worldly possessions all this shit jesus mm-hmm. was not a uh, a conservative by any means no. so you can argue back and forth what is he you know he's a little bit of both but really he's more liberal than he is conservative yes it's just a matter of orthodoxy you know uh and i also wanted to say this i wrote this down it's totally fine because people are criticizing like well you you either like what he says or you don't no it's totally fine to pick and choose what you like or what you want to accept from what the pope said only if you're not catholic if you're Catholic, you're be- you have to believe what yeah, the Pope is saying. Yeah, you're supposed to. I'm to not. It. I don't buy into all of it, so I can pick and I certainly can pick and choose mm-hmm. what I think is good that the Pope is saying and what what I don't. You, you understand what I mean? Yes. I'm not bound by it. He's I, not I running for office. He's not running for office, right? I, I'm and I'm not running for office, so I don't have to agree with everything the guy says. I don't believe any of the punishments that he's going to talk about exist for me, so I don't have to worry about it. Let's play but what if he you, says. but if you're John Boehner. You bet you got to get on board with everything he did. And I think oh, so he, I, Boehner thinks he's going to hell now. Right. That's probably why he's getting out of there. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Boehner's a Catholic. He's been lobbying for ye- decades for the Pope to be there to talk and give a speech in front of Congress. And he finally got him. He got it. And now he's like, I'm out of here. And I'm it. done, so, son. But he, he broke Boehner. Uh, all right. Let's listen to the Pope talk about the death penalty here. It is such a, such a cutie uh, broken English. This conviction has, has led me 
-hmm. from the beginning of my ministry to advocate on different levels the global abolition of the death penalty. Yeah, good. Absolutely. If you're really pro-life, you're pro-life in all circumstances. You have to be. But Republicans are not. No, they're for the death penalty, of course. Texas grills people every three days. It's like, right. It makes no it's, sense. It, of course it doesn't make sense because they, they are going to pick and choose what, that's my point. They're going to oh, pick okay. and choose what they accept from the Pope. But if you're really religious and you really believe it, you have to be listening to this guy. He is God's intercessor on earth. God literally speaks through this man. But you're like, mm, yeah, no. Nah. I am convinced that this way is the best, since every life is sacred. All right. Every human person is endowed with an inevitable dignity. Okay, I've listened to this a number of times. What the fuck did he just say there? Let's let's do it one more time. Okay. Dignity. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I gotta go. Every human I life mean, is no, a deity. Sh Joey, no, shh. With an inevitable dignity. Oh, what? Right, it sounds like he's saying deity, but I don't, I don't know what yeah. the hell that word is. Comment soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson. Tell me what the Pope was saying there, because I've listened a number of times, and it just sounds like uh, nothing to me. And society can only benefit from the rehabilitation of those convicted of crimes. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, he's right. So I liked what he had to say about that. Now, that, that second half of that is a very liberal position to take. It's not, you know, uh, Jesus was not an eye for an eye guy. No, he was He was not. remove the huge speck from your brother's eye, you know, before you even think about touching your own. Uh, of course, the beginning part is in reference to abortion. So fine. That's a little bit more conservative. But obviously, that's a pretty liberal position. And I appreciate that he took that tack. I have some quotes. Would you like to hear some quotes from the Pope? Yes. And then we can move on. Pope Francis on the environment. He warned against, against, quote, a selfish and boundless thirst for power and material prosperity. Pretty strong. Doesn't sound like a pro-corporate uh, idea to me. No, not at all. He also says, it must be stated that a true right of the environment does exist. Any harm done to the environment, therefore, is harm done to humanity. The ecological crisis and the large-scale destruction of biodiversity can threaten the very existence of the human species. Great. That's also, I think, what uh, people on the right would criticize as tree-hugging language, correct? Yes. But again, you need to hug the tree because if you destroy it, the tree won't be there. Right. To give you the oxygen that you need to live. Uh, my lovely girlfriend Molly just texted me. She said that the Pope was saying novelty, but I don't, I don't think that's what he was saying. Oh. There's a novelty. Maybe. I don't it could know. be. All right. You guys weigh in on that. Uh, on immigrants. Now, tell me, who, who do you think this, um, wh where does this fall on the spectrum? On immigrants, he says, we, the people of this continent, continent are not fearful of foreigners because most of us were once foreigners. True. Mm -hmm. Everybody in this country, everybody that I know is not native, like Native American. Yeah. So. Uh, we must not be taken aback by their numbers, but rather view them as persons, seeing their faces and listening to their stories, trying to respond as best we can to their situation. Right. That, that's pretty level. Yeah, I, I would think so. Called on, he called on lawmakers, quote, to respond in a way which is always humane, just, and fraternal. We need to avoid a common temptation nowadays to discard whatever proves troublesome. Right. We're not just going to put up a wall. We, we have to deal with 
you know, we have to deal with other human beings because mm-hmm. we are human beings too. And we could easily be in their situation if we just slid out of a different vagina. That's literally the difference. Mm. What? It's okay. What? What's wrong? I use the <laughs> clinical term. Vagina. Yes. <laughs> uh, on the arms trade, this is very interesting. And I actually have previous comments that he made about the arms trade. He was talking to primary school kids in Rome. So children. He's talking <laughs> about children about guns. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's actually a really like more powerful quote than what I'm about to read. This is what he was when he was talking to the UN. He goes, "Here we have to ask ourselves: Why are deadly weapons being sold to those who plan to inflict untold suffering on individuals and society?" Sadly, the answer, as we all know, is simply for money—money mm-hmm. money that is drenched in blood, often innocent blood. In the face of this shameful and culpable silence, it is our duty to confront the problem and stop the arms trade. Now, that's what he said in front of the UN. Great, that doesn't sound like uh, too much of a liberal, uh, conservative idea either. Previous comments of the arms trade. This is talking to the uh, the school children. Listen now, to school children. <laughs> yeah, he's like terrifying children. Why do so many powerful people not want peace? Because they live off war. This is serious. Some powerful people make their living with the production of arms and sell them to one country for them to use against another country. The economic system orbits around money and not men, women. So war is waged in order to defend money. This is why some people don't want peace. They make more money from war. Although wars make money, but lose lives, health, and education. Powerful. This guy yes. This guy always has the right way of saying it. Meanwhile, it's hilarious that he said that to like a room full of kindergartners who went home and shit themselves. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, but that's the right. Yeah, he's on the right track there. Um, you got Do you have anything to say specifically about the Pope and his visit or whatever before we get into the next little portion? Here? Uh, yes, just the thing that I was taken back by was instead of going to have lunch uh-huh. with the politicians. If you blow what the next part of this is, I'm going to stab you. Is it about a woman from Kentucky? No. Oh, okay, good. It was not. Uh, well, I blew it. Was it. About him having, it was about him having lunch with 250 homeless people. Oh, St. did Patrick's he? I didn't re- oh, church. great. Well, that's really great. He should also, while he was there, have been like, listen, when it gets really cold, he would say it like this, listen, when it gets really cold, uh, when it gets really cold out, uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral, that's gigantic and beautiful, let all these homeless people sleep in here at night instead of making them sleep on the steps and then kicking them off. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. I think th- I think churches should be open to homeless people, at least at night when it's cold out, let them sleep in there. Right, that that'd be help. that'd be very Christian of them, very Catholic, very yes. Jesus. Right? They, okay, that's just my opinion about it. So, what were you referring to? I was referring to uh, Pope made some comments about Kim Davis. Mm-hmm. He apparently met with Kim Davis. That was neither confirmed nor denied. That uh, it's well, Kim Davis's lawyer is saying that it happened. The Pope okay. didn't say no, it didn't happen. So I'm just going to assume that it did happen. Uh, I have a clip of Kim Davis before we get into that. Yes. I have a clip of Kim Davis. It this I saw this this week and it fucking blew my mind. Do you remember during the debate when Huckabee referred to her as a Democrat council member or whatever from Kentucky? Yes. I thought he was just saying it, it like small D Democrat, like a person who is involved in democracy and like some. Okay, listen to this, Kim Davis. Uh-huh. Just she was being interviewed. Yes, and then we'll talk about it. I'm not even going to say what it is. You just listen for one second. Hold on. Why won't she go away? If you're a registered Democrat, but you've gotten a lot of support. What? Yes. Kim Davis is a registered Democrat. Yes, she she was elected as a Democrat. That is that's what I'm talking about. Gay people of Kentucky, listen to me. <laughs> listen for your lives. Get out of there. If that's a Democrat in Kentucky, are you out of your mind? 
She gamed the system. L- listen bro. to this shit. No, no, no. Listen. To, well, yeah, she did. But listen, listen. From Republicans, have you thought about switching parties? I've already done that. You've already done it. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, of course oh, you did. Oh man. Yes, ma'am. Because I'm not. Because it's crazy that I would be a Democrat. I'm. A, I'm obviously Republican. That's orange, right? Uh, yeah. Why is she wearing like a prison getup? No, it's like a red. But I don't oh, know okay. what the hell's going on. When did you do that? Last week. Last week. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Wow. So how, how does that feel? How long had you been a registered Democrat? All my life. And, and were your parents? And my mother and father are very strong Democrats. And I told my mother and she... Hold on, we got breaking news. Molly just texted me again. She said it's since been confirmed that the Pope said was saying novelty. Oh, okay. Uh, by Vice, apparently. Oh, okay. So, all right. Call off the comments. We don't need it anymore. <laughs> she shouldn't even bat an eye. So it didn't surprise her. What about the rest of your family? Are they... They're all changed. My children, yeah. Wow. So what? Yeah, Wait. of course they are. Well, th- of course. Shouldn't the children make that? Uh, yeah, that change say, a six-year-old to decide what party. It doesn't matter. No, of course not. They're being raised by this woman. Obviously, they're going to be conservative. I mean, once they get older, they're going to smoke a little pot, do mm. a little thinking, maybe read a little. Get bit. married four times. Mm, Joe, you know what, Joey? That's a personal thing. Okay, I don't think you should mock her for that. Uh, of course, the kids are fucking conservative mm-hmm. obviously yeah the difference for you uh the lack of support you know i was uh heavily supported um, oh god damn it you know what see this is why i don't read text during the show molly's going no 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 no. sorry it was confirmed by vice that the pope did definitely meet with kim davis we don't know what the hell the pope was saying that's still up in oh, the air okay samsonites again comment on the page what the hell is the pope talking about all right Well, what was so funny was even when I ran for office, I had Republicans that changed their party affiliation back, you know, while there was still time, and and they changed from Republican to Democrat just to vote for me. So, um, you know, and and that they wanted they wanted to help me. So right, so they did game the system. You're right, Jerry. Yeah. Why would you, why, like, instead of them having to change their party affiliation, why would you just run as a fucking Republican? That's what you are. What are you, crazy? She just thinks these, what, titles are arbitrary? They, yes. they mean something. No, they don't. Well, apparently they don't, if this woman's been a Democrat this whole time. Uh-huh. All right, whatever. It's that, anyway, so that we can end that clip early. But you, that fucking drove me crazy this week. I was like, what are you talking about? Kim Davis is a Democrat? In mm-hmm. what world? No worries. And now she's like, I changed. Yeah, of course you did, because your entire ideology matches up perfectly with the opposite party. Now, here's my question for you. Sure. Uh, In most cases, I don't think it matters that she changed her party affiliation. Do you think she has bigger plans and this is why she happened to change parties? Well, listen, we talked, I mean, the big reason why she changed parties is because she's obviously a a Republican, right? But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, potentially, sure. I, this woman we're never going to get rid of Kim Davis. This woman's going to be around forever. The Pope met with her, validated this whole thing. Uh. I have a clip uh, of the Pope being asked on the plane (laughs) about this. He doesn't specifically address Kim Davis, but his answer was interesting. And I think maybe it's being conflated. Like what he said is being conflated differently as supporting her as opposed to kind of supporting a different, more broad idea okay all right he met with her and he supposedly told her to stay strong but this is him being asked about it on the plane and this is the answer that he gave and i think it's interesting just to discuss it and then we do have to move on father do you also support those individuals you i would never refer to this man as the whole i'd be like 
Well, I guess I would probably. I don't know. What, it's an honorific holiness? title. Your holy father. Come, uh, come on. Including government officials who say they, they cannot in good conscience, their own personal conscience, abide by some laws or discharge their duties as government officials. For example, in issuing marriage licenses. Okay, so obviously he's asking a question about Kim Davis, right? Yes. Okay. To same-sex couples. Uh, oh, sorry. I have to read the, I have to read the <laughs> subtitles. I was just making sure the video was going through. He says, I can't remember all cases that can exist about conscientious objection. Now, that's putting it in different terms. Conscientious objection typically refers to, the, in the military, if you're like, I can't, under good conscience, fight this war, you can get conscientious objector status okay. and be there but not. At, not, you know, not fight it. right okay. so he's putting so instead of answering it as like it's a religious grounds he's saying humans here l- let's keep going mm-hmm. he gets it but yes i can say that conscientious objection is a right interesting i could probably lower this he's speaking spanish uh, and it is part of every human right. It is a right. So he's asserting that humans, mm-hmm. regardless of, uh, apparently, regardless of religion, regardless of what the circumstances, you have the right as a human being, just by being alive, mm-hmm. to object to anything on a, on your own personal moral ground, which to me would seem like a defense of people like Edward Snowden, Bradley Manning. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting. I wish somebody would have asked him about that. I'd like to know his answer about things like this, because to me, it seems like he would defend Bradley Manning, a, a transgender uh, man to woman. I don't know how you yes. say that. A transgender woman at this point. I think the Pope would probably be defending her at and this point. Chelsea Manning. And that's why they didn't ask him. Well, and they should have because they're dummies. They, there's a whole plane full of reporters there. That would have been the, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Well, how do you feel about Edward Snowden? How do you feel about any kind of whistleblowing situation? The Pope's going to be on their side. Yeah. But not just Kim Davis. And of course he's on Kim Davis's side. What do you think? He's the fucking Pope. Mm-hmm. It, it's weird that people would, you know, I think people are upset, particularly on the left, because they've been supporting him and they're like, oh, I like his liberal ideas. Yeah, but he's the Pope. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? He's just going to completely change the <laughs> orthodoxy. You know where he stands on this stuff. But this is a different answer than just saying, like, no, religious people have the right. No, he's saying humans Hands. have the right to make their own choices no matter what, no matter what organization. They can't force them to do it, which in her case, fine, I get what he's saying, but she went about it wrong. Mm-hmm. But right, but th- there's ways around it if she doesn't want to do that job. Don't take that job, obviously. You're elected. But you know what I mean? But, he, but he's right, though. All right, let's just keep seeing what he's saying here. And if a person does not allow others to be a conscientious objector, well, I can skip ahead. He denies that right. Conscientious objection must enter into every juridical structure because it is a right, a human right. All right, so I think it's interesting that he came at it from that point of view. And I think to a certain extent, I... Like, I obviously, I don't think Kim Davis as an elected official should be fucking with the lives of you know, gay couples that Mm -hmm. want to get married. However, I do support what Edward Snowden did. I support what Bradley Manning did, uh, Chelsea Manning. So I guess to an extent, I agree with the Pope uh, on that, that everybody does have the right to be a conscientious objector because look at a situation like uh, Nazi Germany or whatever, or people that went to Iraq, like uh, Pat Tillman, Mm -hmm. right? 
who I think is a real hero. He went there, uh, you know, thinking one way, came back disillusioned because he saw what the real situation was in Iraq. And if he had it his way, he obviously because he was a like a real stand-up guy, he committed to being there, so he stayed mm-hmm. going. But he would be a conscientious objector where he would go, "This is not, it's not what we're doing." And, right. I, and I right, and then he got killed for that basically. But you know, he has the right to stand up for what he believes in, and I and I can't argue with that. Even though I think Kim Davis obviously that's her goddamn job; she was elected to do it. She has to uphold that office. I also, on the other hand, can't argue with the fact that yeah, you know what? Fuck it. If she wants to go to jail and not do it. Good for her. It's kind of impressive. She has that right, but she has to suffer the consequences, of yes. course. But I think you have the right to to object to things that you don't find morally, uh, personally reasonable to you. I think that's all right. How much do you think the reason the Pope did go see Kim Davis was to reclarify the, sanctu- the sanctity of marriage? Um, I don't know. I think a little bit or not really. Well, I think like you said, maybe a little bit, but I think like you said before, he is a humanist. I think Mm -hmm. this guy more than, you know, any Pope in recent memory. And I think when he sees somebody like Kim Davis, who, whether you like her or don't, again, I'm sort of on the side of firing squad. You should, uh, (laughs) you like, I think he sees her as somebody that's being brave, regardless Mm of, you know, uh, regardless of what religion she's in, because they don't even have the same religion. She's apostolic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, he, I think he sees it as an opportunity to defend a person, a human person. Mm-hmm. He yeah. sees her for who she is and he's seeing that she's doing a thing because she, she feels, believes in it. Yeah. And so I think he, I think that's more what it is. You know, I think he, I, again, I wish they would have asked because I think he would probably defend somebody like Edward Snowden mm-hmm. as well. You know, even though Snowden, I'm sure, is not a religious guy, but he's a principled person. And I think that's really what it is. I think the Pope, this Pope recognizes principle, uh, you know, and whatever. Anyway, but this, so that's what I think it is. So that was interesting. Now, um, Jesus, we have a lot to get through before this fall, this fall TV preview. Or whatever. We're going to get to it. Okay. Even if we go over. Behind the curtain, me and Joey are going to the New York Yankees Red Sox game tonight. So we got to get the hell out of here. It's 5 o'clock. The game starts at like 7.05, but we're probably going to go just a little bit over. We're yeah, going to get right. the whole episode done, and, the, and then we'll get to the stadium. All right. So this is something that I wanted to get to. Um, it, it's a story that I saw and obviously that I've been paying attention to for years. It's a Guantanamo Bay mm-hmm. situation. Then we have something that we're going to contrast with what Carly Fiorina had to say about about the subject. The Gatmo? Yeah. Uh, this guy, Shocker Amer, S-H-A-K-E-R-A-A-M-E-R. Uh, he's the last British resident left in Guantanamo Bay. He's being released in a month or so mm-hmm. after 13 years of confinement without charge. He was accused of being a terrorist. He was picked up uh, in Kabul by troops allegedly fighting alongside U.S. forces in 2001. Brought to the United, you know, brought to the. What? He's been held captive for 13 years. Yeah, not charged not with charged. any crime. He's been accused of having something to do with Al Qaeda or like knowing bin Laden. That's never been the case. It's not the case that this guy's a terrorist. It's clear that he's not. Um, and he's finally being released. He led hunger strikes uh, at Guantanamo Bay. Mm-hmm. He was also responsible for ending them when he saw that people were obviously suffering and, and getting very close to death. Um, this is like, by all accounts, a good guy, a gregarious guy, a family man. He has two kids that he hasn't seen in 13 years. He has a wife. Hasn't he, seen in 13 years. Uh, he has, um, I forget what it's called, but he's allowed to be in England, uh, you know, in London, um, forever. He just had, he's not a citizen of London, but he's applying to, to be, oh, okay. but he had just, um, 
I guess it's like a some kind of work permit where he's just able to be there all the time and it, it doesn't make a difference. He's not he's not a terrorist. This guy's not a terrorist, but he's been tortured and been in this prison for as 13 he, years. As if he was. Uh, absolutely, along with a lot of other people. Uh, his lawyer says British politicians... British politicians may bombasticate about our, quote, robust and effective systems to deal with suspected terrorists, but Shocker is not and never has been a terrorist and has been cleared by the American themselves for eight years. This guy's been cleared for release for eight years and he's still there and he's still got to wait another 30 days before he can get out. I wonder why they took their time with him. I hope the authorities will understand that this has been, that he's been tortured and abused for more than a decade and when he wants more, what he wants most is to be left alone with his family to start rebuilding his life. Now, I have a video. Uh, it's like a six-minute video, and we're going to listen to it because it's mm-hmm. important. We, I don't think we've really talked about Guant- Guantanamo Bay too much on the, on the podcast. But Not recently. Obviously, it's some. Oh, how, you think we've gotten into it? Okay, but I'm going to play this video. We're going to listen to the video. These are statements by five Guantanamo prisoners, including Shakar Amr. It's like a, you know, a mix. It's mm-hmm. just like uh, – it's just testimonials, basically. They put it together with a video, which you can find on The Guardian, but we're going to listen to it. The audio is fine. If we need to explain anything, we will. P.S. Voiced one of the voices doing it, Peter Capaldi, who plays the doctor in Doctor Who. Oh, really? Yeah, so you're, you're in now. And then we're going to contrast this with some of the shit that Carly Fiorina has said. Uh, I have a video clip, some quotes and policy positions that she's had to say, uh, because she's number two in the Republican Party. So I think it's important that... We don't just hear her like bullshit, tough talk rhetoric when Mm -hmm. she's in a debate or she goes after Trump and it sounds good. This is actually what she thinks about these these circumstances. Okay, so we're going to listen to what the actual conditions are at Guantanamo Bay. And then we're going to listen to what Carly Fiorina pretends are the conditions at Guantanamo Bay. And and we'll get into that. So this is, again, a little bit of a longer clip. I'd rather not stop it, Joey. Let's just like let it play out. I think it speaks for itself. And uh, and then we'll continue after this. So this is, again, a conglomeration of five different uh, testimonials, including Shaka Armor from uh, Guantanamo Bay. It says, the film that you are about to see is based on the personal statements of five detainees at Guantanamo prison camp. And again, if you guys go to youtube.com slash mandatory Samson, you can see the video. We're playing mm-hmm. it on a TV here. You can find it yourselves if you'd like to look at it, but that's, that's an option for you. I've been detained at Guantanamo for 11 years and six months. I have never been charged with any crime. I have never received a trial. I have a wife and kids, and I have been cleared for release for more than five years. It's not me who wants to harm me, but the administration that is harming me. I will never forget the first time they passed the feeding tube up my nose. Now, just for background information, a lot of people have been hunger striking at Guantanamo Bay. They're wasting away. And the reason they're doing that is because they'd rather be dead than still be there. They mm-hmm. just want to be released. And in some cases, they've been cleared for release. And they have been released. The United States, which is a gray area and maybe not so gray an area, that they should not be allowed to force feed these people against their will. We have been because it would be a huge, bigger issue, I guess, to let them all die than I to keep yeah. them alive. Uh, so they, they force feed all these prisoners that have been hunger striking, held without charge, all, all this stuff. I can't describe how painful it is to be forced fed this way. As it was thrust in, it made me feel like throwing up. There was agony in my chest, throat, stomach. They put you on a chair. It reminds me of an execution chair. Your legs and shoulders are tied with belts. 
If the tube goes in the wrong way, the liquid might get into your lungs. I have been moved to Camp 5, the worst of them all. The situation here is especially bad. They are stomping up and down the tiers, talking and singing. They have brought in a big fan to make noise. I'd never thought before about being on hunger strike, but I am doing it because I want my freedom. I want to know my destiny. A doctor tried to convince me to break the hunger strike. I told her that I would strike until the guards stopped insulting our Korans. Which is the least I of it. I also said that the president must fulfill his promise to end the nightmare that is Guantanamo Bay. There's also now, I mean, you hear dogs barking. Mm-hmm. This is documented stuff that they've done where they have, you know, they tie a prisoner up and they let a dog like bark, bark at in its face, in his face, threaten to bite him. You know, it's torture. They're torturing these people. In our name. Remember that. It's always in our name. It's for mm-hmm. the good of the country. And, and Carly Fiorina really, uh, she really hammers that point home, that fucking dunce. Watch, Joey. She is a dunce. You make a face. She is a dunce. Watch this and then listen to what she says and you tell me who's okay. wrong. I was sick in the prison hospital and refused to be fed. A squad of eight military police officers in wire gear burst in. They tied my hands and feet to the bed. They forcibly inserted an IV into my hand. I spent 26 hours in this state. Later, they began feeding me by nasal catheter. The food rushed into my stomach too quickly. I asked him to reduce the speed. He not only refused, but tried to turn it up. After he finished his work, he roughly pulled the tube from my nose. I hope that the politicians will understand that this is not about food. I cannot stand being here any further. I'm done. So I'm sacrificing myself. The authorities are playing with the prisoner's weights and they weigh the prisoner with shackles and often immediately after they've drunk a lot of water. They hide the weight reading from the prisoners so there's no saying what is written down. I'm still being force-fed. Two times a day, they tie me to the chair in my cell. I never know when they will come. Sometimes they come during the night when I am sleeping. You know you're used to it. Your adrenaline rushes. Your heart starts beating. It's like a car race going 180 miles an hour. When I came... This is to people who have not been charged with a crime, who probably haven't done anything. And definitely, in this guy's case, have not done anything. Back in from the recreational yard, everything had been thrown in my cell, like garbage. Papers were all over the floor. They had taken everything in my cell, my legal materials, even my kids' drawings. 84 of us have been cleared for release and we're still here. Let us leave Guantanamo with clear hearts and without hatred. Hatred is evil and it harms the person who is hating as well as the person who is hated. I am being detained here indefinitely with no charge. The only solution is to let me go because I did nothing wrong. I am now 46. All I want is to see my family again. All I want is to be free. 
No matter how much I show you I am tough, in reality I am dying inside. But they do not want us to die. And they do not want us to live like a human being. Really? Now it is pain everywhere. I don't want to die in Guantanamo. Yunish Shakuri arrived at Guantanamo Bay May 2002, cleared for release in June 2007, still detained. Shakur Amr arrived at Guantanamo February 22, uh, 2002, cleared for release June 2007, still detained, but he's being released. Ahmed Belbaka arrived at Guantanamo March 2002, cleared for release February 2007, still detained. Samir Mahbel arrived at Guantanamo January 2002, cleared for release February 2009, still detained. Nabil Hajarab arrived at Guantanamo February 2002, cleared for release in 2009, was actually released in 2013. Now, you got any thoughts about that, Joey? I, it's unbelievable to me that they've been cleared right. and still are detained. Because what do you do with them? The biggest Let them hurdle, go home. The big, yeah, the biggest hurdle for these guys is that they've been in a, in a prison accused of terrorism. So regardless of whether they've done anything wrong, which the majority haven't, who wants them back? Who believes that they haven't done anything? That's, That's the true, problem. Too. That's the, well, that is the issue. Where do you, where do you send them? You're going to be like, here, Yemen, take your prisoners back. Like, no, they're terrorists. Like, they're tainted. That's the problem. Yeah. They've ruined the, these guys' lives, obviously, in, in a number of ways. Uh, I, wa- I have a couple of facts here. I was going to save it to say during Carly Fiorina's bullshit, but let's mm-hmm. just say them now. Three of, a, three of 116 remaining Gitmo prisoners were apprehended by U.S. forces. Most were caught by Pakistani spies, Afghan warlords, and security officials. So only three of 116 people there even were caught by the United States. So we, we are just trusting that these Afghan spies or the Pakistani spies, Afghan warlords, that they're, uh, they're honest. They weren't trying to curry favor with the United States mm-hmm. when money and troops and influence was flooding over there, right? Of the 300 initial Gitmo detainees, the U.S. was sure they had the right name, ID, and biometric data of 30% of them. That's not so good. That's a hundred out of three hundred. We were like, yeah, we know who that person is, and we know what they did. The other two hundred people, we had no fucking clue who they were. We don't know what they did, but we were just satisfied to put them in a prison cell and leave them there to rot. And leave them there to rot, right? And not let them die when they wanted to die. That would be, even be easier. But you know the blight on the United States that would be not a good one. Most of what. Uh, you know, you hear how they recruit terrorists and, and what they use as propaganda against the United States. Well, what they use is the fact that we tortured people and then what we're doing in Guantanamo Bay. Those are the two things that come up all the time because we're torturing these people there. A lot of the techniques that we used in Afghanistan and different, you know, different prisons. Yeah, that we, we do that. Yeah, that's where we tested a lot of that shit out. Stuff that happened in Abu Ghraib was happening at Guantanamo Bay. Stuff that was happening, in, you know, all over the place happened there first. <sighs> We talked about this in depth, the, the Senate torture report. We mm-hmm. talked about an MSP 09, United Sadists of America. If you'd like to go back and, you know, we covered the torture report very in depth. Length, if you'd like yeah. to go back uh, and kind of hear that stuff and, and understand what we really were doing in the name of freedom or whatever you want to call it, you can go back and look at it. We're going to get into Carly Fiorina. This is a clip uh, from the news, I guess, in South Carolina. 
where she's talking about Guantanamo Bay and, and torture and things like that. So let's play that. Then I have some of her quotes and then we can move on to the next thing. But this is Carly Fiorina uh, talking about Guantanamo Bay, um, I guess at a town hall or some shit. I think it's clear almost everyone now that the world is a more dangerous place. Carly Fiorina addressing controversial issues head on, including the possible closure of Guantanamo Bay military prison. If closed, Pentagon officials have considered placing Gitmo's dangerous prisoners right here in South Carolina at the Navy Consolidated Brig in Hanahan. Which, meanwhile, fine, there are probably people legitimately held at Guantanamo Bay that are, uh, you can't just let them out. Mm Mm-hmm. It's okay to put them in a prison. Nobody gets out of prison unless you're in Buffalo and you get one of the like crazy homely guards to blow you and your friend. <laughs> you know, like that—that's that's so unlikely that you know. Yeah, it's not it's, happening. It's nobody gets out of a military, you know, a, a prison. Many of our state lawmakers have strongly opposed this, and in front of the crowd in Charleston, Fiorina says she does too. I don't think you fix things that aren't broken. I don't think Gitmo's broken. I'd keep it open. No, that's good. She doesn't feel it's broken, Chris. She makes a face also at the end of that where she's like disgusted almost at the idea of closing Gitmo that I want somebody to run in full force with a cleated shoe and stomp her neck. I So this is the number two. It's mm-hmm. Trump, Fiorina. So let's start taking what Carly Fiorina has to say seriously, seriously because okay. she's a serious contender. If Donald Trump is, then certainly she is. And this is how she feels about the thing that we just heard about, where they force feed people, they uh, just destroy their cells for no reason, they don't release them even when they're set to be released. She doesn't think it's broken. She thinks we should leave Gitmo open. Terrific. Let's just let her wrap up here, and then we'll move on to some of her quotes. Fiorina adds the Obama administration has lost chances at gaining valuable information from the terrorists kept at Gitmo to avoid controversy. When we have an opportunity to capture these people and understand who they are, what they're doing, and what they're planning to do next, I would take full advantage of that opportunity, honestly. Okay. So basically, Carla Fiorina thinks that it's weak to close Guantanamo Bay, not humane and smart as a... Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a couple of her quotes here. Uh, on waterboarding. Now, again, the reason why I brought up MSP09 United States of America is because we got into torture, the torture report, these techniques, yes. why they don't work, all this stuff. We don't have time to get into that. But if you want to go back and listen to that episode, you can certainly Please do stay. that. And there's plenty of information there. Feel free to do that. Carly Fiorina on waterboarding. I believe that all the evidence is very clear that waterboarding was used in a very small handful of cases and was supervised by medical personnel in every one of those cases. And I also believe that waterboarding was used when there was no other way to get information that was necessary. Wrong on all accounts. Waterboarding was used broadly. Mm -hmm. It didn't produce actionable intelligence. We know that for sure. And the medical professionals were the ones that wrote the laws, basically. They were the ones that wrote the program. We know that. So... She's just wrong. This woman, everything she says sounds good, mm-hmm. is a, an applause line, but is factually wrong. Just totally inaccurate. There's zero facts involved in anything this woman says. On the Senate torture report, which is what I'm referring to, she called the report, quote, disingenuous and, quote, a shame that, quote, undermined the morale of a whole lot of people who dedicated their lives to keeping the country safe. Oh, poor babies. They they left people shackled to a cell floor and they died of hypothermia. But we don't want to hurt those people's morale. They were doing that for the good of the country. They they stand up for the the stars and stripes. They're the best. Listen, she this lo- woman's a fucking no. I don't want jokes, Joey. This woman is a zero, 
and everything she's saying is wrong. It's fucking dangerous. Contemplate that when she's actually running for the presidency. Trump hasn't said anything like this, but I guarantee that as it gets closer to an election, Trump would say something like this, or he'd have people in position that do believe this stuff and, and they would write his policy for him. So think about that. Think about the danger of actually having people like this running the country for a variety of reasons, but this is one of them and it's fucking dangerous rhetoric that is simply wrong. It's just not true. Listen to this. She apparently, when she was running HP, redirected HP servers to the NSA at the then NSA director Michael Hayden's request weeks after 9-11. They implemented the Stellar Wind program, the thing that Snowden like informed mm-hmm. us all about, the warrantless wiretapping of United States citizens. Carly Fiorina was apparently very instrumental in that happening because she redirected HP servers that were supposed to go to stores. Michael Hayden, that creepy fuck that we've played on this podcast before. I was like, I need the servers. And she was like, okay, it's my duty. This is what she had to say. I felt it was my duty to help. And so we did. They were ramping up a whole set of programs and needed a lot of data crunching capability to try and monitor a whole set of threats. What I knew at the time was our nation had been attacked. Oh, very good, you patriotic dummy. They basically used the Stellar Wind program against us, not against terrorists. It produced nothing, as Snowden has told us. Repeatedly. And Snowden has nothing to lose. He's told us that you make the haystack too big, you can't find the needle anymore. And that's exactly what they were implementing. Carly Fiorina helped with that. Helped with that. Okay. This is this is what happens. This is what happens when you put yourself out there. It wasn't bad enough that everybody knew her as one of the worst CEOs in the history of the country. Now we're going to find out really what she did when she was the head of HP. On the wiretapping programs, I am not aware of so- circumstances in which NSA surveillance went too far. Really? That's fascinating. She also continues... She supports the, quote, checks and balances put into place by Congress that ended agency bulk collection of phone records. Now, if they didn't go too far, why do they need to be checked? If you don't recognize any situation where they went too far, why do you support the checks and balances? Wouldn't that be an infringement upon something that's working to keep the country safe? So her rhetoric doesn't make sense. It's an interesting dichotomy between what happened and what she's saying. And this woman is now on my list, Joey, because yes. next week I have some more information that we're going to get into about Carly Fiorina. We just don't have time this week, mm-hmm. but this shit is infuriating. And the fact that she would dare defend torture, like that argument is over. You can't defend torture. Go read the Senate report. Go listen to MSP 09, United States of America. You can hear what actually was done in our name to quote, defend this country that produced no actionable intelligence, had nothing to do with the bin Laden killing. Not none of that stuff. None of it. What we're doing is torturing people like Shakar Amr, who just should be back at home. They shouldn't even be with there. The to families. Think about. That's what Carla Fiorina supports. She, she supports the effectiveness of killing an innocent man. That's what she supports. Mm-hmm. Terrific. I also went on her, uh, Carly Fiorina's website to look up her policy position on this, carlyforpresident.com. Uh, it is sans policy. There's nothing on there about how she feels about anything. Not a one line, not about abortion, not layups for her. Nothing is nothing. on there. So I had to go to a website called ontheissues.org. This is her policy about Gitmo. Government's first and foremost priority is protect its citizens. That means defending our nation from threats of all kinds, both domestic and foreign. Carly strongly opposes trying foreign terrorists in civilian court. Yeah, of course, because the United States, we're just the freest, bestest country in the world, but we can't handle trying people who are guilty in our own courts. Sure. And she also opposes closing the detention facility at Guantanamo Bay. These enemy combatants have not earned the right to protections under the U.S. Constitution and should not be given special treatment for political reasons. Go 
fuck yourself. Now, that is Carly Fiorina's official position on, on the issues.org. She doesn't have an official position written down anywhere, but we just listened to the clip and, that, and that's what it is. That stuff really infuriates me because it's fucking not factual. It just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. And this is somebody who, uh, you know, is a thinker, supposedly. Yes. She's, a, she's a genius. Everything this woman has done is a failure. She's never be actually been elected to office. She was in HP. She helped set up Stellar Wind and then like got fired as one of the worst CEOs of all time. She's now running for president at zero facts, knows nothing about any of the issues. It's just going to reiterate falsities from the past. Mm-hmm. Great. That's, who we, that's terrific. And she's number two. And you know who's number one? Donald. Donald Trump. So what do they have to offer? What does the right wing have to offer? Not solutions. They offer nothing. They offer danger. And problems. The possibility of disaster is what they offer. But you know she can just keep on saying all this because it's rhetoric. Right? Absolutely. Okay. There's nobody going to check her. All right. Because nobody on the right... Here's, here's going to be the thing that we're going to watch as okay. we go forward. The Democrat On the Democratic side, you're going to see legitimate argument about policy whether you agree with it or not hillary clinton bernie sanders if larry lessig's involved martin o'malley's going to be there uh god why every time i go to say the guy's name i can't think of it lincoln chafee jesus that's the other guy running you're going to see argument about policy yes all right probably not going to see a lot of stone throwing about personality although hillary's going to start that Mm. i'm sure soon uh on the right, you're not going to see a lot of argument. The argument that they're going to have is who can be more extreme than the other one. Now, I think we needed to waterboard more people. I think we were too sensible with our use. Of, like, that's the fucking issue. And that's why they're not governed. They can't run the country. They can't be elected. They're unelectable. That's the issue. Because nobody's having a real debate on the right. They're just arguing. They're trampling over each other to see who can be more outlandish and more incorrect about crucial issues. That, that's a huge problem. So here's my question for you. And I go after the Democrats too. Don't get me wrong. But this shit is out of bounds so far that it's, it's, it's almost coming back inbounds from the other direction. So who do you think the caucus is going to go with? What do you mean? In Iowa? Yeah. I, again, I still think it's going to be Jeb. You still think it's going to yes, be Jeb? Yes, because he's not a total psycho. Not a total psycho. Okay. We'll see. We'll see though. This woman legitimately could get votes. Yeah. legitimately she could be elected uh you know win the iowa caucuses for sure okay and that's terrifying because she's wrong she's just wrong on all these issues wrong it's gonna be hard to transition <laughs> i think from that but i think i've said my piece on it yes. we uh jesus all right we we have to wrap up in a little bit we are i we're getting to the fall tv preview i just can't i can't not okay. do it i have a video of of uh, Jeremy McDole. Yes. We're going to watch it quick. Let's do a quick analysis on it. I just want to put it out there because okay. I have kind of mixed feelings about it. It's 28-year-old wheelchair-bound Jeremy McDole, whom police say was in possession of a handgun, was fatally shot on Wednesday. Police say they recovered a 38 caliber next to McDole's body. Police were called... Uh, and the 9-11 tape was just released. He's paralyzed from the waist down, by the way. He was okay. shot years ago in other situation, whatever. Uh, police recalled the 9-11 tape was just released. I have the quote from the 9-11 call, why they were called to the scene. 
This is a quote from the woman that called. A man just shot himself. He shot himself. He's on the ground moving around, and he has a weapon in his hand. Please get the police here. He shot himself. He's still got a gun in his hand. So the woman called, apparently seeing Jeremy McDole try to kill himself. Okay. He did not kill himself. Got back in his wheelchair, and that's where the video, the cell phone video, picks picks up, up, uh, and we see what ends up happening here. Now, again, this is like a minute video. The two guys that are filming... God love them. Are uh, their commentary is kind of funny, even though no, it is. I can't no. help. But ignore that. I want to just watch the video, Joey. You, I want. I'm interested in what your opinion, excuse me, is about it. And if people are watching this or they find the video themselves, let me know what your comment is about it. Uh, it's an interesting one because if the 9/11 call is correct, which I'm assuming it is, mm-hmm. he does have a gun, right? Whether he's a threat now to the cops is the bigger question. He's also in a wheelchair. He's also probably um, depressed if he's trying to kill himself or whatever yeah, it something's is. something's right? wrong. Some, right, something's wrong. So probably the best way to handle this is not the way the cops handled it. Although I don't know, maybe there isn't a better way to handle it. But let's see. Let's watch the video and then you can tell me what, what you think about it. So this is the uh, cell phone video of Jeremy McDole being shot and killed by uh, cops. Yes, we know the video contains disturbing stuff. He's over here. Give me your hands. Give me your hands. Oh. All right, so now he comes out. The, Jeremy McDill rolls out like from behind a car. He's just on a street. And they got him they with a the shotgun. They immediately shoot him. I mean, they immediately shoot. I don't know if they caught him with this. That's like three they seconds. Missed. It's seconds, right? Okay, so they shoot him once. Doesn't kill him, but obviously that's going to be a problem. Also, he might have already shot himself at some point because there's blood there. So he's not in a condition to to, to do anything. Also, he can't run because he's paralyzed. He's, he's in a fucking a wheelchair. wheelchair. Uh, by the way, the cop that just fired the shot, completely out of shape. I mean, this guy's like a total slob. I don't know how this guy's on the, the force. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, he's not responding in any way, Jeremy McDowell, which probably should have responded, but he could be totally incapacitated. He could have shot himself in the throat. You don't even know what the hell the deal is with this guy. He's not gesturing at them or anything. No, he's, he's, he's just sit- sitting he's there. He's in his wheelchair. Drop the gun! Drop it. Uh, the, 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 the two dudes that are filming, he goes, drop it, and the other goes, he got shot with a bullet pop. Like, he can't, he can't, He's do me, gotcha. favor, do me a favor. Let's not let's pretend there is no commentary on this because this is a human being in a wheelchair being shot up. I agree, it's terrible. Okay, but I like. But you know what? The two guys filming—they're also human beings, and I appreciate them as well. Now they did. They, the guys filming didn't listen to me. They zoomed in, so it gets a little shakier here. They should have just moved a little bit closer. Now there's like four other cops there. There's like five cops pointing at this guy. He's not doing anything. Now, my question is, why couldn't they, you know, now that I'm watching, why couldn't they just approach him? If he pulls a gun, shoot him. Fine. But why not approach him? Be like, you all right? You know, like, what are you doing? Tase him. Do something. Fucking. I don't think you needed to. uh... Well, they shot him already, so. Right. So, but, but he's not gesturing wildly or doing anything. Just approach him. You already have your guns drawn. You know that the second this guy does anything, they're going to shoot him, which they do, mm-hmm. and they kill him. Why not try to approach him and, and try to, like, grab his arms, right? Do, do something. Put your hands up, cuz. He shot his hands. <laughs> Put your no, hands up, cuz. No. <laughs> He's reaching the gift. 
Oh, he bleeding. He bleeding. See, they're saying he's bleeding, right? Because he's been shot by himself or by the cops. Yes. There. All right, so now he just like, you know, adjusted himself in the chair. Yeah, he but, sat up. But clearly he used both hands, so he's not holding a gun if he's able to do that. Okay, now he kind of reaches for his pant leg. See, he is doing some stuff that where you're like, fuck, I wish he wasn't doing that. I wish he was responding to them. But he could be totally out of it. Who the hell knows what's going on with this guy? And it doesn't appear like he's holding a gun. All right, he makes a move for his pants. No, pants, his hands are on his lap. All right, he put his hand in his right pocket right now, and listen how quick. How many shots? Ten? Ten shots? Yeah. He's out of his wheelchair. He's dead. He falls out. That was sick. <laughs> and the guy says, that was sick. Uh, so it was a second from when he put his hand in his pocket to them shooting him. They could have approached him, because if they were going to shoot him that quickly, they obviously could have gotten near him. Yes. You know? Uh, got any thoughts about that? I mean, I, I just want to put it out there because it's like, it's a weird one, but obviously I don't think they needed to shoot that uh, guy. I feel that entire situation could have been handled differently. Right. Of course, that's always the case. They could have been handled differently. Why aren't they? But in this case, I, it just the whole thing doesn't make sense starting with the 911 call to begin with. I, I agree, right. Yeah, I know, but that's why I wanted to bring it up because there's probably going to be more coming out about this. Yeah, definitely. Seems like a weird one. But again... I don't think the guy needed to be like they could have tried approaching him if they were going to be at like they're maybe what 20 feet away from him mm -hmm. and they were obviously able, there's five cops there they were going to be able to shoot him so the second he went for his pocket they were going to shoot at him anyway and that's what he did walk towards him yeah you know get a little closer see if you can maybe prevent this from happening they didn't do that I don't know we'll see yeah it's that's definitely an odd one yeah it's very weird but again the guy's in a, a fucking wheelchair what, what is he going to do He's not going anywhere. No, he's not. Well, now he's dead, so yeah. we'll, we'll find out what happened. So, all right, that that's what I had to cover uh, as far as news is concerned. I feel like maybe a little bit of a heavy episode, right? We haven't done yes, kind of a heavy a, episode it's in a, a while. It's a tad heavy, yes. Um, but okay, so we're going to end lighter, uh, as promised, uh, and then we got to get the hell out of here, Joey. Uh, we got to see the Bronx Bombers versus the Bosox. Mm -hmm. What? Do you even know who's pitching? I don't. I have okay. no idea. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to get some food and we're going to find out who's pitching. Uh, got this fall TV preview. Now, I brought five trailers. That Yay! I to. Yeah, okay. I'm glad you're in. Grandfathered, which is a Fox program okay. uh, starring John Stamos. We also have Blind Spot. Uh, I'm just going to say this. Spoiler alert. I don't think any of these shows look good, and I'm going to make fun of a lot of them. I feel like you're probably going to like them. I've seen one of them. I, I, I didn't know which one you were going to bring. Oh, you fucking jerk. So, I asked you before we started. And you're like, <laughs> nope, didn't watch them. And now uh, you well, saw well, them. One which of them one? Blind Spot. Okay. Well, okay. That's fine. I, I, that looks like the, one of the worst ones to me. Then we have Truth Be Told, an NBC, another NBC product starring Mark Paul Gossler uh, and a very diverse cast done intentionally so they can make these stupid like race jokes that are just dumb. We're going to get into oh. Supergirl on CBS. I can't wait. That looks awesome. I knew you would like yeah. that. I brought that for you. And then The Player on NBC starring somebody who I assume you love, Wesley Snipes. Yes. I'm correct. That now, you love Wesley Snipes? which Wesley Snipes do you think it's going to be? What do you mean? Is it going to be Blade Wesley Snipes? It's not Blade. Is it going to be uh, Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man? 
Wesley Snipes? Well, we're just going to find out. We're is it going to be, uh, I've got his name, but the one from White Man Can't Jump, Wesley Snipes? We're just going to watch it, and we're going to, you tell me. Then you, you okay. tell me which Wesley Snipes you think it is. Could just be a totally new, reinvented Wesley Snipes. All right, so let's play this. This is grandfathered. And again, guys, I don't know how this is going to go. I didn't really plan this out. It's going to be all extemporaneous kind of comments about it. This is grandfathered on Fox starring John Stamos. Ready, Joey? Yes. There you are. Oh, sta- Now, I would say this, youtube.com slash mandatory Samson. You're probably going to want to see the video here, mm-hmm. but the audio works. But if you want to check out the video, go for it. This is Stamos staring in the mirror talking to himself. <laughs> Little gray bastard. Jimmy is a man who has it all. A thriving restaurant. Cindy, it's pronounced carpaccio, not crappuccino. I don't even get the joke. Carpaccio is like a, I think it's like a cold uh, soup or something. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter, but would she really read a crappuccino? No. Fucking hack writing. Adoring women. How's it feel to be the prettiest girl in the room? How's it feel to be the prettiest girl in the room? And nothing holding him down. Don't get me wrong, I love my life, but I'd give it all up just like that for a family. I'm sorry, we don't allow children. Uh, it's ironic. Now, do you think that something changes here that maybe it's going to like show a character arc for John Stamos? I, you would hope so. That's be the point of watching the show besides the laughs. You'd hope so. I'll say this. This one is not the worst one. That's why I put it first. Oh, it's, like, okay. it's all right. I mean, I'm not going to watch it, but it's not the worst one by far. Well, maybe it's time but to uh, settle down. Is- well, yeah. It's about to change. Play Happy Pop. Hi. Kid, we're close. My mom is Sarah Kingsley. You dated for a while in 1989. I'm your son. Uh oh, hijinks are about to ensue. No, that was quick. Didi, your granddaughter. Congratulations. Yeah, why would she say congratulations? Because she, she knows has a he doesn't want that. Yeah, I know. I'm sure she's she's positive. Blood is thicker than water. Wait, this gets worse. So here we go. I'm a grand. I'm a grand. Oh, I can't say it. Sure, I have always wanted a family. But have I? This weird kid and his baby show up and ask me in the realest possible way, do I want a family? Well, my answer, very honestly, is I have no idea. Sounds like you need some time to process this. Wait. What's the one thing that I've always said was missing from my life? A linen pant that goes from the beach to the bar? Yes, and the search continues. Uh, Everyone, I'd like you to meet Gerald and his daughter. You're a grandpa? Oh, I slapped him. We have a son? How could you do this to me? How many episodes do you think this gets through before it gets canceled? Five? No, they'll do a season. It's Fox. They always keep shit on the air. This will go a little while. It's Stamos. He's got some name recognition. They'll keep it on. All right. People are going to like this, probably. I don't. I certainly don't. You? The only thing that you ever cared about was your career and your sex life. Speaking of which, girlfriend, employee, lesbian, smart, job requirement. I like that one. This is another she thing. She played that, that well. Chipotle. This is something that I've been noticing uh, in a lot of shows. They can't, unless they have a, le- like a, a relationship a lesbian character on a show mm-hmm. they keep making them just say that they're lesbians <laughs> like I, okay there was another show on fox that i watched uh called uh whatever i can't remember what it was called but it was with james uh david Tennant. it was like a uh, you know like a short it was like a mini series type of thing and they, at one point they just have one of the characters be like i'm like a dyke or whatever she says something crazy like that 
and then that's it. They never mention it again, but it's just like, look, quota, we got a lesbian character. Same thing here. Where it's like, nope, lesbian. Like, nobody <laughs> would say that. It's just weird. Not that it's a problem to be a lesbian, but just like, you're just being manipulative. Also, it's like, oh, and a black character. So it's like, oh, a black lesbian character. Like, wh- make a realistic show for there, once instead of just making like characters. It was a job requirement. You're right. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is illegal, first of all. <laughs> oh, God. Christina Milian. So hot. Love her. She's in this. Very hot. Looks terrific. There's a really tan guy in the back of the house. He's hot, but he's old. Bye. That was Vanessa. I would love it if she stopped thinking of me as a friend who happened to cause a human being to pop out of her uterus. And start seeing me as someone she could actually date. <sighs> well, this guy needs to just nut up and either ask her to marry him or just get the fuck out of there. Be like, good luck with this kid. What if Stamos makes a mistake? And bangs Christina Milian? Yeah. I and, think, and then has a kid. Think it's, oh, that'd be hilarious, right? Because then his son and his grandson would be brothers, stepbrothers? I don't know how that would work. I don't know how it works either. I'm confused. Thought you could give me some pointers? Come to daddy. Oh, so their relationship evolved pretty quickly. They're, they're yeah, like buddies now. Boy, look at the job I did on you. Why are you changing that baby? Uh, Stamos changed the wrong baby in the park. Crazy. So that's... So He's basically a sex offender now. How would he not know that that wasn't his daughter? Well, that's the joke. I mean, it's not his daughter, first of all. It's his granddaughter. But he, he because they look the same, and he just met them. So how would he know? Meanwhile, Stamos just pulled a Fogel. Vanessa and I are hanging out today. Oh, boy. I know it's last minute, but could you watch Edie for me? Really? You trust me enough to do that? Well, I've literally tried everyone I know. But also, I trust you. It's because he doesn't have oh, the money. Tom Sanders is here. Get Did you just hear who's here? No. I Deon, talked over Deion Sanders. Oh, my God. Prime time. Yeah. Okay. You. I can't. I'm babysitting. Figure something out. Figure something out. Take the baby there. You have a shitload of employees. Let the baby sit in a goddamn, cr- you know, whatever, a bassinet or whatever at the restaurant. You own the restaurant. What, what is so complicated about this? He, he, mill, he builds a pen in the kitchen. A ball pen? And then the lesbian character comes in and says something very stereotypical. Deion Sanders, Jimmy Martino. Oh, Hell no. How many times has there been a, a, a black character? Like, this is this is what's fucked up. This is what Viola Davis was talking about. You got to give uh, people of color fucking opportunities and shows instead of her just walking in and going, oh, hell no. Like, could you be more? Come on. She couldn't have said any other phrase there. She doesn't Am know I anything wrong? else. No. Oh, how dare you, Joey? <laughs> what are you saying? She's, she's ignorant? That's fucked up, man. She could have come in and be like, what the hell is this shit? Why is there a child she's not, here? She's not allowed to say that on TV. Right. Why is this? Yeah. All right. What's going on? It's almost like she hasn't slept in a restaurant kitchen before. I, wait. Oh, come, come, oh, come here, you little You don't want one of those, do you? Saget. No. Saget makes an appearance. That's all right. John Stamos. You feel a warm. Why do you have a meat thermometer in her butt? People are meat. 103. Where are you going? Hospital. Josh Pack. Tonight just confirmed everything my mom ever said about you. How'd the date go? Good. She liked my clothes. Yeah. Family may come in an instant. Watch the pants with the, 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 the hands. Are so this isn't dirty. a joke. But it all. What do you mean? It's not a joke. It's not like a joke trailer, right? This is actually going to be a real, a real TV show. A real show. Huh. Always comes first. Parenthood is pretty much an endless string of moments where you think you've killed your kid. Suddenly, I'm actually worrying about someone I care about. For like two seconds there, you reminded me why I dated you. You know, 
Christ. That is never going to happen. I bet it will happen. Also, Mm -hmm. this single mom would like love John Stamos. Look at him. He's like a very good looking, successful restaurateur. Obviously, she'd be into it. Grandfathered. She's fine. It's just a fever and it's already going down. Oh, Christina Milia. My God. She's got her tits hanging out. She looks terrific. (laughs) She does. What do you want me to do? What happened? What I miss? She needs a liver transplant, and you're the only match. I'm in. They needed to know a couple of things first. Do you dye your hair? It's not dye. It's colorizing cream. Have you had Botox? Yes, but not on my face. Then where? Good one. He had it on his nutsack. The oh. Botox. Oh. It's like Dave. It's like Dave Chappelle's bit. It's like they're smooth as eggs. <laughs> okay. Coming to Fox. Ugh. Give me a kiss. Oh, but now Stamos is kissing the child. This is fucked up. He first of all he changes a baby that's not his. Now he's kissing his granddaughter. This guy's an animal, Stamos. I, I wonder what happened to the Olsen twins. They they should come no. out and say what what happened there. Did you just kiss me? Yeah, well she didn't consent, but <laughs> she's a child. All right. Uh, anyway, grandfather Joey, on a scale of one to ten, what do you think? Two. You give it a th- I'm going to give it a seven. I thought it was great. Okay. Uh, all right. So this is Blind Spot. This is a show that you saw. Yes. We might only be able to get to like one or two. Ah, whatever. Blind Spot. Supergirl. You- do Supergirl. If, 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 Should we just skip Blind Spot? Yes. Yeah, Tell Blindspot. me what you liked and didn't like about Blind Spot really quickly. I thought it was all right. You thought it was all right? I thought it was all right. The, the basic plot is this woman wakes up in Times Square. She's got tattoos all over her body. On her back, she has the name of a FBI yes. agent, agent or whatever. And then they go on like a fucking mystery together. and Yeah, and she has amnesia and all this stuff. It's and slowly things will be revealed. Fuck. Stupid as fuck. Can I also say this? The uh-huh. tattoos they say in the trailer, like these tattoos are all brand new. She'd be so swollen if she got her entire body tattooed. Yes. It's absurd. It's TV. It's You asinine. have suspension of disbelief. I don't. Let's I go refuse. to Supergirl. No, 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 no. We're not going to Supergirl. We're going to Truth Be Told. This is, in my opinion, the worst new show uh, trailer that we're going to look at. This is Mark Paul Gossler vehicle, and there's a lot of dumb jokes in here that we're going to get through. It's on NBC program. Best friends look out for each other, it says. Now, a valet just brought the keys to a car to Gossler while his black friend is standing next to him. Excuse me. This is his car. You assumed it was mine because you don't think a black man can afford a fancy automobile. Well, actually, I thought it was yours because there's a John Mayer CD playing. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's my CD. We done here, Reverend Sharpton? We are. See, now, to me, that sets the tone for what is going to be a very uh, edgy racially based racial humor show, right? I mean, this is hilarious. Well, let's see what the next one is. Some couples. Thank you, Lord, for this food and our friends. Amen. Gossler spit out the food while they were praying. Uh, That's so rude. Okay. He shouldn't be eating. They're yeah. praying. Amen. Amen. Our great friend. How do you score Jay-Z tickets anyway? How do you score Jay-Z tickets anyway? I went on fucking line and I bought them. I went to StubHub. I went outside the Barclays Center and fucking... Uh, you know scalp them mm-hmm. what do you mean how did i score them like like it's the hope diamond what shit writing it's jay-z i had to just score them i waited online i asked marcus marcus who's marcus marcus and i kind of went out for a while you dated for two years on and off you lived together we didn't live together i have my own apartment you're talking to me and not your dad am i mm. soft soft writing yes you guys gotta find a babysitter we're interviewing her in like 20 minutes Hi. Okay, the babysitter's hot. Indian hot. Done. I'm Kimberly. What's the problem? She's hot. 
Don't you just love how soft these are? Oh. Everyone knows the first rule of marriage is that the best boobs in the house should belong to your... Tracy! What are you guys talking about? Marriage and how great it is. Liar. What are you guys actually talking about? Did you know she's kind of... Delicious? Totally. Were you planning on sleeping with her? Of course no. not. Did you have to ask? I mean, uh, you know what the answer would be? If she makes a pass at me, probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're adorable. I mean- Stamos is interested in the kid she's babysitting. <laughs> you pose no physical threat to women. Hire her. I realize why Kimberly looks familiar. Your babysitter does porn. What? What? Oh, score, bingo. Okay, so now Gosler gets upset about that because that seems like a problem. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. That's awesome. It was meant to be. And I would tell my wife or my girlfriend. She, I she'd, would show. She'd be into it. Yeah. Well, who cares? <laughs> pizza delivery, really? Ten bucks says when he opens up that pizza box, there's going to be a bit of- Cock in there. Oh, they don't say it because it's on NBC. That's her. That's her. Is it? They're watching her in the car. What is she playing? Pleasure or pain? It's like she's sneezing while getting her finger slammed in a car door. Ugh, like they're analyzing her performance. It's so ridiculous. They'd be watching and they'd be like, you know, not talking about that. Um, uh, this is a family show. so I'm not gonna Yeah, I, I was just going to ask you this. Is this a family show? Because this is something I probably no, don't want my kids this watching. Is, oh, stop it. What are you, a fucking, <laughs> come on. I, I wouldn't care. My kids, I wouldn't want my kids to watch it because I'd be like, this is, gonna, this is dumb. Watch a documentary. Oh, this is going to rot your mind? Shit's ridiculous. The Rangers are on. What are we doing? We get it, guys. She's a hot babysitter. Move on. And Kimberly, I left some money on the counter in case you wanted that pizza delivered. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> uh, because you it know, harkens honestly, back to the dick and the I, pizza. I, I, I'll be honest with you. The the babysitter's not that much more attractive than his wife. I don't see the the. That's issue. true because they were all cast for being very attractive people. Yes. So, so but the babysitter's hot, er, a little bit. But they're I, all I, very I attractive. I, I respect. They're disagree. all attractive. Yes. I would stick my dick in a pizza box for any of them. Also, the laugh track. Can we just be done with laugh tracks? Like you don't need to know when it's supposed to be funny. It's either funny or it's not. Wait. Oh, <laughs> Get the right one. <laughs> hold on. Damn it. <laughs> all right thank all right. you okay so now she sneezed and she's making a face and now they realize oh it is her from porn mm-hmm. so it gets worse here we come jay-z finally i said it as porn did somebody order pizza no it's hard. She's totally got Kimberly's ending. Is it tough? What are you guys doing? Oh my god! Now Kimberly came out while they're sitting in the driveway in the car watching the porn on the phone. It's so dumb. The timing is horrible. What would you care if, if your babysitter did porn? She's got to make a living, right? You pay her extra, right? Knowing so she doesn't have to do no, it. Anymore? I would just pay her exactly what a normal babysitter gets oh, okay. paid. And if she wants to suck a dick on camera, let her do it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the end of the conversation. Go to the Jay Z concert. Roll the joint. Go to the Jay Z concert. Thanks, NBC. Another another crappy job you've done. Uh, I let's get to. All right, we we gotta get out of here soon. We're just wasting time. Supergirl. Yes, yeah, Supergirl. Let's all right, do fuck it. it. You know, we're not even gonna listen. Superhero. To the the let's player, do it. Uh, we'll play a small part of the player because I want you to see determine uh, what Wesley Snipes is up to. This is Supergirl on CBS, starring the chick that was in Glee. She's pretty cute. Can't think of her name. She's also in Whiplash. Uh, why is it not playing, Joey? Here we go. There's something about me that for most of my life, I've run from it. No. But last night, I embraced who I am. This is the Caitlyn Jenner story. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. I'm her, the woman who saved the plane. 
Are you? Damn right she is. Now what is she doing, Joey? Describe it. She's uh she's holding up the plane, preventing it from crashing. She's just flying around. If she's anything like him, she's a hero. Saving people's what they're born to do. Oh my god. Criminals in the galaxy have been emerging. So what do we do now? The world needs you to Where are they all coming from? What? Where are the supervillains all coming from? Krypton or around Krypton area? Krypton was destroyed, bro. Right, so they they branched out to different different places. Oh, okay. A new hero. Hero anymore. Now it has Supergirl. I, I don't know. I'm shocked that the WB didn't get that. It seems like it should be like a WB. Yeah, well, show, or Smallville's yeah. on it. And right, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, CBS is trying to branch out, so they got this cutie to, to catch planes and shit. I don't know. She can catch my plane. Sexual. Uh, let's just listen to this one part of the player. This doesn't make sense. Uh, hold on, I gotta, I gotta skip to it. This show doesn't make any sense. It's like a badass guy that they get to like fight with. Well, it's almost three minutes. Obviously, you're gonna have to hold explain on, not, something. They don't explain anything here. We're just gonna skip ahead. He gets hit by a car. First of all, he's wearing boxers. He gets hit from behind with a car, flips onto the thing, and he's not hurt at all. It would have torn every ACL he has. And broke his back, but he's he's still good good looking. He's fine. <laughs> Sorry about that, Alex. Sorry about that, Alex. Mr. Kane, my name is Mr. Johnson. This is the house where the probabilities of criminal activity are determined. What what does that even mean? There are always three members of the house. Cassandra is the dealer, and I am the pit. How's he walking around already? You're you're fucking up the plot, Joey. No, People aren't gonna know what the hell's going on. You just got hit Cassandra's by a car. Cassandra's like nothing I know he's totally cool. He's not even limping. Cassandra's the dealer. He, he's the pit boss, and this guy's gonna be the player. Now I don't know why you would need this type of structure to fight crime, but they do. Will you be our player? Yeah. Why show me this? Why tell me this? Crime, Mr. Kane. We gamble on crime. Ugh, I don't like the way that Wesley Snipes is playing this. He's playing it sort of like a combination between uh, Lawrence Fishburne in The Matrix mm-hmm. and the other guy that plays uh, Agent Smith. Okay. Right? That's what it sounds mm-hmm. like to me. Let's tap out of this in two seconds. I just want to see if he says anything else stupid. Thomas Edra Borley, professional kidnapper out of Istanbul. Our group would like you to stop this kidnapping. Do what you wish with the man who killed your wife. Killed your oh, that's wife. convenient. Why is he saying killed your that's wife? That's so convenient. Yeah, it's ridiculous. This is like the, g- the guy who killed his wife conveniently is going to show up and try to kill somebody else. Of course. One man and his resources set against the worst humanity has to offer. Imagine what good you could do. Ladies and gentlemen, place your bets. Like, ugh, it's just it's going to be a series of gambling metaphors for stopping crime. It's just terrible. Ugh. Nope. You're going to bet on the wrong horse, bro. I'm out. What? You're going to bet on the wrong horse. What are you talking about? They're, they're making bets. Oh, but they're not They're not doing horse betting. I was trying to make a betting joke. Doesn't make sense. You should have made a joke about poker or baccarat or something. Uh. You're going to fold, bro. It's going to be like, you You hit one too many times. You're over. You know, it's going to be all this crap. 
Uh, all right, whatever. I don't, I don't know why I wanted to do that fall TV preview, but I did. I actually wanted to do it last week because I didn't think I had enough stuff, so I figured we could just like kind of vamp at the end and uh-huh. do that, but we had more than enough, obviously. This is another fucking two-hour episode, Joey. Nicely done. All right. Uh, listen, everyone, thank you for, for uh, listening to the show, watching the show. We really appreciate it. We love all the support, the emails, the comments, everything you guys do, the tweets. We, we love it. Thank you. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you would like to subscribe to this podcast and listen to all the old episodes, like we mentioned, mm-hmm. MSP09, United Status of America, you can go to soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson. You can leave a comment. Uh, we'll always answer those comments, and, and it's greatly appreciated. You can go to youtube.com slash mandatory Samson. You can see what we look like. Uh, a lot of people have made comments that they're pleasantly surprised, uh, which Yay. I guess is like a backhanded compliment, but we'll take it. Uh, and then you, you, know, you can see all the video clips that we're looking at. Mandatory Samson on YouTube, youtube.com slash mandatory Samson. You can find the live stream link on there. Watch us Thursdays at 4 p.m. Uh, email us, mandatory Samson at gmail.com. On Twitter, I'm at Mansamp. Joey is at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is spelled with a Z. And I'm uh, Mansamp on Snapchat. Joey, you're on Snapchat? You're yes, not? I am. You are. Okay, so Joey from Jersey on Snapchat. I really don't use Snapchat it doesn't so matter. much. I have to get into the habit. Okay. Well, anyway, thank you so much for listening, guys. Oh, what are we? What what song? I get Joey's picking the song for the end of the episode. Working Class Hero by John Lennon. Wonderful selection. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We love you, and we'll talk to you all next week for MSP fifty. Joey is probably going to read something sexual. Oh, nice. We'll talk to you all then. Bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs>